Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, we believe at City Church, it is more blessed to give. It is more, far more blessed to be on the lending side than on the borrowing side. It is far more blessed to be on the top of the mountain looking at the beautiful view than to be down in the valley and down at the pit. It is far more blessed. That's why every year we, we challenge everybody to give a legacy offering and allow us to permanently keep a presence and a power of God in our city. It is so important, friends. We are in the middle of the CBD of the Sunshine Coast. How good is that? You know, when we named City Church, we used to be called Sunshine Fellowship, S-O-N, uh, Sunshine. And everybody that didn't know any better called it Swan. I'm like, what are you saying Swan? Is, do you say son or daughter? Do you say Swan? I says, it's S-O-N. It's like a play on words. Come on. Like, it's the son of God. So in fellowship, I had one lady abuse me. She sent a letter. Uh, back then, it was letters. And, and, and she said, you're sexist. You, you know, you bigoted person and all the rest of it. Why? Because of the word fellowship. I'm like, what? Are you serious? I didn't reply. I just said that in my head. Like, get a life. Anyway, we changed it to um, Sunshine City Church until everybody that got up here couldn't uh, get their words right. So it came out as some other word than city. Say it quickly. Sunshine. Yeah, there you go. You got it. Uh, so then we changed it again to City Church. But the vision was always the same. We're in the middle of a city. It wasn't a city back then. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, what you call it, City Church? It's not a city. It will be. One day this is going to be a city. And when it is, we're going to be in the middle of it. And when it is, we're going to have a vision for it. And when it is a city, we're going to prophetically be pronouncing things over things that are getting bigger because we are going to be the church located in the CBD. But there isn't really a CBD. The council chambers are in Nambour. Nambour is kind of the, the center of it all. Well, if you live in Nambour, I've got news for you. It's not. And uh, this is the place where it's all happening right here. You are in the right place. And so we began to pronounce that, and we secured a property in the CBD. We paid it off. So that we could be the lender, not the borrower. We actually lend money to the bank now, which is good. Uh, interest isn't all that great, but that's okay. Uh, we've expanded our, our facility through legacy. These offerings like this once a year have allowed us to be more community-friendly. Have you noticed that? We used to have the offices at the front door. What does that say? It's like a doctor's surgery or something. Like, come on in. The, you know, the dentist is in, this, in, the, in his office right now. Now, we, we change things around because we're, we're, we're constantly looking at how can we bless the community that we live in? What can we do to be the head and not the tail? And so we set aside serious long-term funds for the future. And we call that legacy because it's future generations that we're giving towards that they can have a leg up when it's their turn to run the race. So we have this, this offering once a year. Now, I just want to say, if you're new to City Church, you're a guest this morning. That means we want you to relax and feel at home. Please know there's no obligation at all or expectation for you to give this morning. However, if you've come expecting and you got a lot of money, no, I'm only kidding. Uh, 
as I was praying about legacy, and I, I spend uh, probably more prayer about this one than probably anything. And it's not so much, you know, how much money's going to come in. I just want lives to be blessed. My prayer is, God, let them show up and not avoid this service, expecting, you know, somebody's trying to extract something out of them. We're trying to get, God's trying to get something to you, not out of you. God's trying to bless your life. And we're talking about being the head and not the tail, being on top. And, and as I was praying, I couldn't help but to think about the many lives that have been changed here for the better. In fact, my fondest memories uh, of this church, in fact, my fond fondest memories in life are the memories uh, in the homes of my friends. And I like to think that this church isn't a building, it's a home full of friends. It's a home where you can find people to depend on, people that will encourage you when you're down, people that will lift you up, people that will pray for you, and sincerely, not just sincerely, 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 Pray for you and not just say, I'll pray for you and never do it. And, and, and so it's, it's so important for us to grab a hold of that and to see that memories are being made here. Testimonies are being forged out. It's not the size of the house, but the warmth of the home that people are going to remember. Have you ever walked around a new subdivision? And there's a lot of them going up right now all over the Sunshine Coast. It's one of the fastest growing places in, in Australia. And you walk around a subdivision and you see slabs being laid down and framing going up and, you know, plumbing and infrastructure going in and everything else. And it's an amazing thing to, to me to think that every one of these houses that are being formed here, and I, I like to go look at the foundations because you can, you can step it out. You can say, oh, this must be where the living room's going to be. You can see the pipes sticking up through the slab. You go, oh, here must be a toilet or an or a ensuite. Uh, this is the kitchen, definitely going to be the kitchen. And you, you walk around there, and you, you can figure out pretty soon what's going on inside of that house. And, and people design their houses not around just some kind of a building or something, but they design it around the home that they want. So if they're looking for, to have a lot of children or they're hospitable and they want a lot of guests, then they're going to have a lot of bedrooms in there. They're gonna, if they're given the hospitality, the kitchen will be you know, major, the pantry and everything else. They, they plan that whole thing out around a home. And in our church and legacy and everything that we do, it's not just glorifying some building for no purpose. A, a building in itself, empty kind of stale kind of religious thing is not what God is after. God is after a home. Your heart is God's home, and legacy is what extends out of your heart through your hands to make God's church a home, not just a house or a building where people come and do some kind of religious affair. And so it's very important. We're forging out memories and, and, and walking around subdivisions. You think, uh, I think about all the memories in future years that are going to take place here. I think, wow, real people, real families are going to live in these houses as they're going up. And, they, and they're going to raise children that they, some of them don't even have yet. They're going to have family reunions. They're going to have birthday parties, and, and they're going to have wedding uh, receptions and, and get-togethers and sleepovers and, you know, all the beautiful things that are going to happen in all those houses in a subdivision. It's all about making memories and being a testimony in a community, and that's what God's church is all about. I'm so glad that we've, we've put our stake down here 
and, and that we've gotten out of debt, and we've done other things, too, to, to make this church uh, a, a permanent feature in our community. When I was uh, kind of a young guy, uh, I remember my dad, I was eight years old, actually, my dad took my brother and my, myself over to the house that, that he was having built. And I remember uh, distinctively walking around that house and the, and the foundations and everything, and he was talking about what was going to go on there. And I looked across the street, and across the street there was another house that was going up, and there was another family that was standing there. So we walked over, introduced ourselves, and um, they were the Antalzics, a Polish family. And, and, and their son was only five. I was eight. He was, you know, three years is a big deal back then. So I'm standing there looking at this little guy running around with his toy and everything. And his name was Leonard, or we call him Len. And when we finally moved into that house, it wasn't, you know, too many years. We grew, and everybody grew up and everything. And Len became a lifelong friend. He's still a friend of mine today. But I remember going across the street to, to Leonard's house. And, and Leonard had probably the dream house for every teenager. Uh, they had a basement. And in the basement, there was a wet bar uh, full of soft drink and other things that teenagers would get into. And, uh, and there was a, a pool table, and they had a jukebox. And, and it was just, like, really decked out. And, and I remember Leonard's dad, he was an ex-boxer in the Navy on, on a world, in World War II on a ship. And he had, like, a big tattoo anchor on his forearm and massive, like, forearms and a huge, like, a really thick hand. Like, you know, I wouldn't even think about, like, what would it be like for that hand to smack somebody? They're going to go down, like. But he was one of the, he was just the nicest man. And Len's mom, she just cooked and cooked. And, and his dad, he had a big barbecue. And he always get the best steaks. And I got invited over every time. And it was just amazing. I, I just remember the warm memories of going over to Len's house and, and not just seeing a house there. It was a nice house, but not extraordinary, but, but, but a home. And being part of that, those, those memories, every time Len and I get together, which isn't that frequently now because he still lives in America, but when we get together, we talk about his dad, and we talk about the memories. And do you remember that time, you know, that we, you know, did whatever it was in, in your house, and we used to go over there and spend the night. We'd go over there and, you know, just have fun. And, and, and all of those memories, there's something about that memories in a home when a house turns into a home that tops everything else in life. And I'm so thankful for all of you that have turned this house into a home, that have served and loved so many lives and generations. And legacy is what flows out of that. Legacy is us blessing future generations, all these little nippers that are next door and, and Sunday school and, and our children's ministry and all of our youth on Friday nights and, and everything that we're doing, it's producing memories and testimonies for uh, the next generation and the next generation to follow. And those of you that have stayed the, the course of the ups and downs that happen in church life, you're forging out a testimony to your children that says we're, we're stickers, we're not runners, we're not quitters. We we don't have a spirit of divorce here. The going gets tough. I'm out of there. No, you're a, you stayed around. You stayed the course. You forced the testimony. You are a labor of love that have turned City Church into a church home for so many people. I just want to say thank you to all of you. You're amazing people. 
In our neighborhood in Kiwana, it's where we live, there was a kid named Cain. Kind of rhymes. Kid named Cain. And Cain loved to enter our house. We don't lock the doors. Don't tell anybody. But <laughs> and he would always come uninvited. Whether we're home or not doesn't matter. And, and Cain would just come in. He's 12 years old, going on 16 or 17. And he'd come in, and he would just help himself. Anything in the fridge, it was his. Anything in the pantry, it was his. Dishes, wash up, what was that? Wrappers, clean up? No, we don't do that. He just comes in and he helps, and sometimes we'd be home when he would help himself. It's like, wait, there's somebody in the house. What's going on? It's Cain, okay. And, and I think about Cain and how annoying he was. Uh, but we reached out to Cain and brought him to City Church, and his mom came along to City Church, and, and they both got saved here at City Church, and they moved back to New Zealand, and they're part of a church last that we heard in New Zealand. But I started to think, what if there was no house? What if we didn't live in a neighborhood? What, what if there was no food in our house? Would Cain have come around? Probably not. What if Cain didn't come around? Would we have formed a relationship with Cain and his mom that saw them come to Jesus? Probably not. It all started with food in a, in a house that was a home for a kid that really didn't have it all that good at his house. It all started when somebody began to build something to feed someone. City Church is about building something to feed someone. That's what it's about. And we feed the Word of God. We feed vision, encouragement, all of these things. You know, back in the Old Testament there, and we read Deuteronomy, uh, uh, there were other people that began to build things because they wanted God to have a house so that people could have a home. I think of Jacob. He, he uh, fell asleep on a rock in a place called Luz, and a, and, a, and a ladder descended out of heaven. He saw angels coming up and down, and, and then he said this. He said, surely, surely this is the house of God. And that's where they ended up building the house of God. And David had it in his heart. He says, how could I possibly go home to a nice uh, house without God having something? So he passed it on. Then Solomon began to build what, what was an amazing temple. It all got destroyed by the Babylonians. But then Ezra comes back and, and under Cyrus the king, and, and they build. And Nehemiah says, build it, build it, build it. And then at the same time, there's a prophet named Malachi. And he doesn't say build it. He says fill it. Fill it with food. Turn the house into a home. And then he says this, and it's pretty important. He says you bring it now. You bring it. Now, Scripture defines two actions that initiate blessing. If you want to be the, uh, on top and not underneath, if you want to be the head and not the tail, then there are two basic actions that are required. Number one is bringing. We, we bring the first 10% of our increase to God. That's called tithing. If you're part of this church, you would know about that, and we really do encourage that. You'll see why in a moment. But bringing initiates blessing. What you bring God, he will bless. What you don't bring God, he can't bless. And in Romans eleven sixteen, it says this, if part of the dough, I love the fact that sometimes money is referred to as dough, if part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. 
I really encourage you, if you want to be on top and, and, and not underneath, if you want to be on top of things, then get on top of your finances with God. Put God first. Just don't give God lip service and say, you're number one, God, and then keep it. Bring it. And then number two is giving. Giving is what we're doing today. We're going to do both at the end there together. Uh, but giving is sowing offerings. It's called sowing and it's called offerings. And it says in 2 Corinthians 9.10, it says this, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, two things, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. You see, you'll never have more to sow until you sow more. Sower isn't just something that you do. Sower is someone who you become. Offerings facilitate what the tithe initiates. It provides a, a, a place to bring that food, to bring what it is that, that God has given you as an increase. And so Malachi 3, uh, it says this, very familiar passage of Scripture. How many people know that you can actually sit down with God and you could have read something 10,000 times and God will show you something that you've never seen before? That happens to me all the time. I go, man, God. Wow, I've read this, studied it, preached it. Never saw that before. I'll show you something that was new to me anyway until the other day. <laughs> he says in Malachi, bring the whole tithe, not part of it. Don't chop the 10% up and give, you know. Uh, if you're going to plant a seed into the ground, you can't chop the seed up and then put it in the ground. It will rot. You've got to bring the whole thing. But notice it says bring it, not give it. See, tithing is bringing. It's not giving. They're two different things. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Now, I don't have time to expound on that, but that is the, it was the temple back then, and Nehemiah and Malachi were contemporaries, and the storehouse is the house of God. That there may be food in my house. Test me in this. Oh, I did that 40 years ago. Oh, he's, this is the only place God says, test me. And I thought, okay, you're on, man. And I did. And I'll tell you what, what he says next is absolute. You can take this to the bank. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Now, the difference here, and I'll, I'll, I'll share this with you, but you bring your tithe. You bring God the first and the best. It's called first fruits in the Bible. You don't give it. If I went over to your place for dinner and you prepared a beautiful meal like I had at, you know, at Pardeep's house, and I sat down, it's all there, and I said, uh, I want to pay for this. I want to give you something. He'd go, what's wrong with you? You're a guest. No, no, I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you uh, something for this wonderful meal. He's going to go. No, no, no. You don't. You don't give me anything for it. This is not a restaurant. You're not paying for the meal. You, you come over here. You're you're my guest. Now, if I said this, oh, Pardeep, um, you know, Gail and I just brought something. We brought a, 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 a drink, or we, we brought some dessert. He's not going to knock it back and go, what's wrong with it? He's going to go, okay, yeah, we'll have that later. There's, there's a big difference between bringing or an offering or offering to pay for something and, and bringing something. 
And, and what can I bring is a good question, not what can I give. You, 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 you show up, you sit down, you don't say, let me give you something. You say, I, I brought something. Legacy is an offering. Legacy is not bringing something. Le- legacy is giving something to facilitate the facility. It's giving to the facilitation uh, of God's house for the blessing of bringing. It means that future generations will have a church home to bring people to. So we're not just building buildings, we're building a home. We're building people. People come in here one way and they go out another. They come in here guilty, they walk out forgiven. They come in here going to hell, they end up going to heaven. They come in here weak and they walk out strong. They, they come in empty and they walk out filled with the Holy Spirit. The, us- the reason you walk out blessed is because Jesus is in that house. And so, yes, legacy is an offering. In Malachi 3.11 says this, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. This is part of the, uh, the, the uh, promise with this. Because he says, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. I didn't read that bit, but that's back in verse 10. Tithes and offerings when they didn't give that. But when they do, you're the head, not the tail. You're above and not beneath. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in your field, says the Lord of hosts. See, what Jesus rebuked, uh, wind and wave and, and fever and, and sickness, when Jesus rebuked something, it was a done deal. That, that had to go. When Jesus encountered deafness, he rebuked deafness. Deafness had to go. Healing took place. When Jesus saw uh, uh, a, a, a poor kid throwing himself into the fire, Jesus rebuked that spirit. It left, and the kid was restored. When, when Jesus rebuked the waves and the wind, there was peace be still, and there was an incredible calm like a mirror. When Jesus rebukes something for you on your behalf, you can count on one thing, job done. And God says when you bring the first and the best, and when you continue to give offerings like that so that there will be food in my house and there will be a house, then I will take care of business for you. I will take care of what the devil's trying to destroy and what the pests are trying to eat up out of your life and all the things that are going on. I will take care of that, friends. There is incredible favor when you give God first and best. There is an incredible favor for that. You'll get the best assignments. You'll get the best opportunities. you get the best ideas when the windows of heaven are open. There is so much wisdom that gets poured out in my brain every day that I can't contain it. It's like, Walt's going to give ideas to other people so they can make some money and they can be a blessing because I can't contain all of it. And all the things that go wrong. You know, we've, we laid hands on our garage door opener, the garage motor to the door. It wasn't going up and down properly. I'm a tither. I'm going to put up with this. 300 something dollars for a call out or something like that to get the guy out there, you know, forget it. Thing works perfectly. Yeah, over and over and over. Some of the stuff that we have, it's like the same thing with our fridge. It's like, oh, we got to get a new fridge. And, you know, Gail and I were praying and everything else. The fridge is fine. But we went out and bought a new one anyway because God wanted us to have a new one. So we just gave the other one away, but it was working. The guy came to pick it up. So does it work? Yep, absolutely. Works beautifully. Why are you getting rid of it? Just want a new one. Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it's hard. Stuff doesn't wear out. You know, their shoes didn't wear out when they left uh, Egypt. 
It's an incredible thing what God does. So the reason we give our legacy offering this morning is so nations and generations after us can be blessed. The final verse as the music team comes back up, thank you, is in verse 12, Malachi 3.12. Then all the nations, remember what we read out of Deuteronomy 28, you're going to lend to nations, not borrow. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. What a wonderful way to live. I I lived another way many, many years ago. I wouldn't go back there for anything in the whole world to live that way. You're looking at somebody that, honestly, i got to pinch myself sometimes. I think, is this truly possible? Can we really be this blessed? The answer is yes and more. Can we really have those kind of memories? And I know, you know, Of course, memories aren't aren't always good in places and things, but the memories of this house that flood back to me of the friends and the people and the testimonies and and the lives that have been changed, i got to pinch myself with that and go, God is so good. If you stay in the house and you, you stay faithful to God and you keep God's commandments, generationally speaking, and you stay with the legacy thing, my friend, you will pinch yourself and you will go, is this real? Could anybody live this way? And people will look at you and go, how come your life is so blessed? I can tell you if you got a few minutes, we'll sit down and have a chat about it because God's no respecter of persons. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. And I'm so excited because you, you don't know what's next, and I don't either, how, how much this city is blessed because there's a church here. And it's, the light is going to shine brighter and brighter and brighter. We are making a statement this morning. We are here to stay, devil. You are not going to close in and destroy lives on the Sunshine Coast. This is the most beautiful place aesthetically on the planet, and it's going to be the most beautiful place for God to get the glory and for God's glory to shine on the planet. And, and your families are blessed in Jesus' name. I want you to say this after me. I am blessed. I am the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Come on, say it like a preacher. (laughs) God, I thank you for blessing me to be a blessing. And the best is yet, come on, to come. Amen. Come on, somebody shout. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.